Because what happened is that this family said, they said, we choose forgiveness and love over hatred. And they, they were Christian people. They were a Maronite Christian family, which means Middle Eastern uh, Christian family. And they said, we are not going to hold hatred or anything in our heart because they knew how poisonous and destructive that was for them personally. And they made the decision, as difficult as it was, to forgive that person and to say, we choose forgiveness and love over hatred. And what's happened, I was just reading about this in... Um, quite recently that the driver of that car was in prison for a very long time uh, has also has become a Christian because of the response of this family. An incredible thing. Uh, he was moved by their, uh, the, the, the way they handled it too. And, and, and I just want to say today, friends, that forgiveness, now obviously we talk a lot about the forgiveness of God for us, but today I'm talking about forgiving one another. Because sometimes it's not an easy thing to do, but yet God is calling us and wanting to, to teach us uh, how to forgive one another. Because forgiveness is so central to the heartbeat of God. It's just an expression of God's grace and His mercy toward us. Uh, and we, and it's so important for us to learn how to do this. So, you know, mercy is not getting what you do deserve and grace is getting what you don't deserve. And so uh, I think God is just, there's so much grace and mercy flows toward us from God's heart. There's a scripture up on the screen which says, you know, God says His mercies are new every day. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. So, you know, God is just, He's pouring out His heart of mercy toward us. So um, this morning what I want to do is uh, just share with you a little love story. Actually, I'm going to talk about a love story uh, from the book of Hosea in the Old Testament. And um, at times it might get a little gritty, but it's mostly G-rated this morning. So don't worry too much about that. But it's important we talk about this because, friends, the world is full of love stories. The world is full of love stories, and many of them are lies. Uh, and, you know, you've been exposed to many of these things, as, as in fact so have I. So they're not love stories at all, many of them. They're actually lust stories or they're sex fantasy stories or they're stories about domination. But actually, actual fact is that we've got to understand God's heart of love because here's the thing, the, the monumental revelation and fact of human existence is that God is love. And the issue with that, or the, the problem that we have, the challenge we have, is that when our minds and imaginations are crippled with lies about love, so we don't really understand what love really is, and when our, uh, our perspective about love and that phrase, God is love, the phrase that orients our life and, and positions us to receive from God, when that is plastered over with cultural graffiti that defaces and uh, obscures the truth about God's love, the problem is we're really going to struggle in life. We're going to struggle in human relationships and we're going to struggle in our relationship with God. That's why it's so important that we understand about the heart of God and what love really is. And so when I say I'm going to talk to you about a, a little love story this morning, really it's about forgiveness because it's so uh, endemic and so central to what love is really about. 
And so when I talk about um, Hosea, Hosea's life, Hosea was one of the minor prophets, okay, at the, towards the end of the Old Testament. And his whole life is a parable, a story of God's love for us. And at its core is Hosea's forgiveness of his wife, actually, his wife. Because God said to Hosea, God told Hosea, so he's a prophet, he's listening, he's hearing from God. God says to Hosea, I want you to go and marry a prostitute and have children with her. And those children are to be named prophetically. And the, the names of those children are to be an expression of the nation's unfaithfulness and rebellion against God. That's what it was. So Hosea did. He did just that. And over the course of a number of years, they had three children together. And the names were, you can read, all, read the names for yourself in the book of Hosea. And uh, so, so that happened. And then after that, Hosea discovered that his wife had gone back to her previous way of living. And God said to Hosea, now I want you to go and find her and bring her back. Because what God is trying to say is he's trying to communicate to us not only his love for the people of Israel, his own special people, but how he was willing to go after them and to get them and bring them back. And that's what happens, friends, that God's, God's love for us, it's such, so much a, a picture of his love for us. So what happened is that Hosea's wife had been sold into slavery. She got to the end of her life. She got to the bottom and she became a slave. So Hosea found her in the slave auction and he had to buy her back. He bought her back so that she could become his wife again. Not as a slave. He bought her back as his wife. And so it's a picture of God going after us. He, he, he goes after us at our worst. And he keeps on going after us till he gets us. And then he teaches us and shows us how to be men and women who know the true meaning of love, what love is really all about. And I, I want to say, friends, this morning that the Holy Spirit is modeling forgiveness for us in this. Modeling what forgiveness is all about. And so this morning I want to talk to you about forgiveness because forgiveness is so critical to our understanding, to our heart towards other people. So what is forgiveness? There are two words in the New Testament that are translated forgiveness or forgive. The first one is a word that we commonly associate with God's grace. It's actually, for those of you that know a little bit of the original languages, it's a kari, this is karizomai, karizomai, which is, it's the same as the word grace or God's favor. And it, in this particular usage, it's translated uh, to cancel a debt. So if someone owed you money or someone had a, had a debt with you, and you said to him, look, look, I know you can't pay the debt. I'm going to cancel that. That's what to forgive in this particular usage of this word. To forgive means to cancel the debt. And it's a really important that we understand this because you might feel that someone, for example, owes you an apology. Well, you owe me an apology. And I'm not going to forgive you until I get that apology. What does God do? What, is, what does Jesus do? What does God do? 
If we, if we just say, I'm only going to forgive you when you apologize, that's the way of the world. That's human thinking. It's not God's thinking. Um, oh, I just want to just talk for a moment here about the issue of repentance because uh, to repent means to turn around and go the other direction. It actually means to think differently. Literally, if you, if you get the, break that word up from its original, uh, the original language, it means to think differently. And uh, sometimes, I've heard over the years, many people, Christian people say, uh, you need to repent and, and as, as though uh, you need to repent every day and keep on repenting, as though repenting will make some difference, will make God love you a little bit more or, or will make God forgive you a little bit more. Friends, I don't think that's really hitting the mark. It's not quite, I don't think that's, that's a bit of a, a theological uh, distraction from what God is really saying to us as individuals. You imagine if you're a parent and your child comes up to you and, you know, they're, are children ever naughty? Every child is naughty at some time, you know. And so the child comes to say, oh, look, I'm sorry, mum or dad, I'm sorry I did that, you know. Then later that day, they've done something else wrong. Oh, I'm sorry I did that. Then the next day, I'm sorry. And every day they keep coming to you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What are you going to say? You're going to say, listen, I want you to know that I just love you because you're you, because I'm your parent, you're my child, I love you. And when you do things that are wrong and dumb things, I'm not going to stop loving you. Just stop doing the dumb things that will ultimately destroy you. Is that right? That's, that's, what, uh, that's what the word repent actually means. Now, I think that um, when, every, when a person is going to become a follower of Jesus, of course you need to repent. Of course you need to turn around, turn away from that lifestyle of destructive behavior and turn towards God and allow Him to change your heart. Of course you need to do that. But if you feel that every day you need to keep coming to God saying, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. I've stuffed up my life. I've ruined my life. What that says is you're just not understanding what it is to be a son of God or a daughter of God. I think we, we saw it on the, on the whiteboard here before, that when God wipes that away, I've got to start seeing it that way as well and focus on the goodness of God and the character of God and the love of God, not focusing on the residual parts of sin that might be in my life. Because if I keep focusing on the, the sin, what am I going to get? I'm going to get more sin. You get, you get what you go after. But if I keep focusing on the forgiveness of God and the love of God and the holiness of God and the goodness of God, guess what I'm going to get? I'm going to get more of that. I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm giving you time to answer, but I'm just answering for you. you know? so, um, so God just forgives. I'll tell you why God forgives. He forgives because He's already paid the ultimate price for you. When Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross... That was the ultimate. That's all God had for you. He gave his very best. He gave his best for you and I. So he's already done that. Jesus has already died on the cross. And what I need to do is I need to come and accept that. I need to commit my life to him and following him and put my trust and my faith in him and let his goodness flow into my life. So, okay, so we talk about forgiveness. The second word to forgive 
uh, is another word in, in the Greek language, aphiemi. And it means to send away from or to let go of, to release something. Now, what, what it means is if, if I hang on to an offense, and we all get offended at times, don't we? Do we? Anyone here has never, ever been offended in their life? Okay, I can see that hand, but you can put it down there. <laughs> if you've ne- <laughs> we all get offended at times. And, and that word that to, to, to send away from or to let go of, when you, when you forgive that person, what, what are you doing? You're letting go of that offense. You're letting go of that thing that's going to be putting poison in your system. You're letting go of that thing so that it won't harm you if you hang on to it. And what it, what it means is to forgive someone means give up my right to be offended, to be hurt, or to get revenge from, for, over that person. I'm giving up my right to be offended or to get revenge. You know, one of the enemy's main strategies to neutralize the effectiveness of a church or individuals is offense is to get people offended and to keep them offended. And when we keep going over in our minds the offense, playing it like a little MP3 in our head, you thought I was going to say videotape, didn't you? An MP3, MP4, sorry, in your mind. I was going to actually say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I keep going over that, what am I doing? I'm letting it become entrenched in my thinking, and more and more, when actually I need to be sending it away, I need to be letting that go, letting it go, and getting rid of that system, that, that offense out of my system. When people overcome offenses, what happens is, and they, they let it go, and they come into agreement with one another, what happens is that spiritually, great things can begin to happen in our life. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. This is a very powerful scripture. Jesus said, take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. What he's saying here is that, that God and heaven is listening to our conversations. And when it says yes there, what it means is we are coming into agreement. We're, we're in agreement. We're talking here about the power of agreement between two people. So there's been an offense. We've resolved the offense. And now we've come into agreement. So a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all, on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. When you're together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Actually, if you read the whole of this chapter, it's all about dealing with offense. That's what the whole chapter is about, Matthew chapter 18. And what he's saying is that there's incredible authority that flows out of people coming into genuine agreement, resolving the differences, coming into agreement. It's a wonderful thing. Spiritual authority flows out of that. And I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, verse 7. I haven't got the scripture up there. But it says that when a husband honors his wife, talking about in families, in marriage here, when a husband honors his wife and they are in complete agreement, it's saying that your prayers have power and authority. What, what it actually says there in 1 Peter 3, 7 is that your prayers it will not be hindered if you do this. If you are a husband, if you are honoring your wife. 
The word to be hindered means to put a roadblock in front of. And I wonder how often that happens that, that uh, you know, our, we pray and something's, our prayers don't seem to get through the ceiling sometimes. Think about relationships. Think about, if you're a married guy, think about how you honor your wife at this time. And so Hosea had to do that. He had to come to this place of forgiveness. He had to honor his wife. Imagine that. Put yourself in that same situation. God told him, I want you to go and buy her back. And he did. He had to honor his wife in that. And you can read the whole story yourself in the book of Hosea. So briefly, uh, as we bring this to a close, I want to talk this morning about how to forgive someone, how to, do, how to go about it. Number one, that's just a, a four short points here. Number one, remember how much you've been forgiven by God. That's so important. So important that we keep focusing on the forgiveness of God in our life. Because, friends, one of the greatest expressions of God's love for us is His forgiveness. He has freely forgiven you and me without question, without limitation, without reserve, and without demanding anything in return. God just forgives. He just forgives. That's so, so good. I'm going to read that again. Without question, without limitation, without reserve, and without demanding anything in return. So it's so important that we stay forgiveness conscious rather than sin conscious. Helps us to overcome sin in our lives. It breaks the stronghold of offense in our lives. And it helps us forgive others. Now there's a great story in the New Testament about a king and two of his servants. And what happened is that one of the servants had borrowed a large amount of money from the king. In fact, it says in the new, in, uh, this is also in Matthew chapter 18, um, that, the, that he'd borrowed, the debt that he had to the king was 10,000 talents. Now a talent is not an amount of money, it's actually a weight of silver. And if you look into it, it's actually 340 metric tons of silver. Now I don't know about you, but any king that had that much lazy money lying around that he could lend to someone 340 tons of silver is a pretty well off is a pretty substantial king i would say the king had lent this amount of money this servant but he said one day the king said well it's time to settle up and you know get my books in order so he called this servant in and said you got to pay what you owe right now otherwise i'm going to send you to jail and whatever whatever so, but the, um, the servant fell down before the king and said, Oh no, please, please, master, have mercy on me. Give me some time and I'll pay it all. I'll pay it all back to you. And the king said, Yeah, all right, okay. Just don't worry about it. And he forgave the debt. Can you believe that? He forgave the debt. But now here's the thing. That same servant went out and found someone else who owed him a couple of thousand dollars. And he, it says he grabbed that man by the throat and demanded immediate payment. And the, and the guy did exactly the same thing that the other man did. He fell down before him and he said, please have mercy and I'll, I'll pay it all back. Please have mercy on me. But he wouldn't. He took that man and threw him in jail and, until he had paid the last cent. Now, if you read the story, it says that the king found out about it and it wasn't a very happy ending for the first man that owed that large debt. 
And here's the thing. I wonder for all of us here today, could it be that our, our love for God and our ability, our willingness to forgive others, our love for God is small because we don't understand how much we've been forgiven of or we don't appreciate how much we've been forgiven. And could it be that we judge other people because we think that our sin is small and their sin is somehow greater? Could it be that? You know, sometimes we get this rating system for sins, don't we? We say, well, you know, I thank God I'm not like that person over there. You know, my sin is like this, but their sin is somehow bigger. We get a rating system for sins. You know what? God doesn't have a rating system for sins. It says in the book of James, if you sin in one little thing, you're guilty of all. So let's, not, let's never, go, never go there and, uh, and judge others because we think somehow we're better than them. So number, number one is just remember how much you've been forgiven. It's the first key to being able to forgive others. Second thing, release that person from your judgment. And I think that's what really what the act of forgiveness is, to release that one from your judgment. Say, God, that person over there offended me pretty badly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide, I'm going to make a decision today. Today, I'll make a decision. I'm not going to judge that person. I'm going to let them go. And when you do, when you do that, you're letting go out of your system that poisonous offense that can affect your life. It can poison your system. And here's the thing. Many, many people think, or you might think, when you do that, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let them off the hook. It's wrong thinking. Do you know what? When you do that, when you forgive someone, you're letting yourself off the hook. You're getting yourself out of that place where your life can be harmed if you keep holding that offense and that grudge and that bitterness. You're getting yourself off the hook. It is so important that we get a hold of that today. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says, Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. And you know what? When you, when you do that, when you, when you release that person from your judgment, you can, God is then able to work in their life. Now, don't do it just because you want God to do something bad to that person. Don't do it for that reason. But just you want God to bless them. Actually, that's my next point. Number three, pray for God to bless them, to bless that person. So when you are wrongly treated in some way, and I know you, you might have to pray and say, you know, God, I need the strength to do this because it's not natural. It's not natural to do what I'm asking you to do here. That's right. It's supernatural. It's, it's a God character thing. Ask God to help you and say, God, I, I don't know how to do this, but I want to I bless that person. And you know when we sing that song before, the Lord bless you and keep you. I think as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should get used to that kind of language, the language of blessing. The language, not, not cursing, the language of blessing and blessing other people. As when you decide to, to do that, when you decide to release that person from your judgment and pray, God, I want you to bless that person even more than you've blessed me. When you do that, your release from the snare of that bitterness and unforgiveness begins when you start to do that. And the fourth thing, as we come to a close, is to deal with it quickly. Deal with it quickly because there's a certain urgency about this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. 
for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So important we know that, you know. And, um, you know, maybe you've had a hard day or a bad day or, or you know, maybe people have really, you know, rubbed you up the wrong way or they've, they've you know, given you a, a really hard time during the day. It's really important. Don't, don't go to bed with all that stuff in your head, but just let it go to God. You know, sometimes I've discovered this, that sometimes um, this applies whether, whether you are, whether you're the person who's even caused the offense. Sometimes you might have caused an offense. You might have offended someone just in a, in a moment of, you know, weakness or anger or something. You've caused that offense. I, I find for myself, it happens to me, you know, I, I do this. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone else here. And I, I just... When I realize it, usually it's about um, milliseconds after I've done it. Like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that dumb thing? The best thing to do is as quickly as you can, go back and apologize to that person and get it right and deal with it. But maybe you've been the subject of the offense. Maybe, maybe someone has offended you. I've discovered sometimes it's not always possible to go back to that person to try and make it right. Sometimes it's not even safe in some cases. But the point is you've got to let the judgment and the bitterness and the unforgiveness go out of your system. And when you do that, let it go that day. Don't, don't harbor it overnight. Bible says, you know, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Angry, anger gives a foothold for the devil to work in your life. So just don't ask our creative team to come back um, up here now. And, and I wonder, is there someone that you need to forgive? Who is that person that you need to forgive? And you need to let that thing go out of your life. Something you need to let go of so that you can move on in life maybe this morning you're ready to embrace a new commitment to let offenses go quickly you know because it's so easy to hold on and harbor these things and we feel we've got a right to don't we we feel like i've been offended i've got a right to to stay offended i've got a right to be a victim and sometimes victimhood becomes our the definition of our life isn't it you know know, that's that's who i am i'm just a victim got to get rid of that friends so I'm, I'm not a victim I'm actually an overcomer because Jesus paid the penalty for my sin and that that's that means more than anything else any offense or any wrong treatment or any mistreatment that you've ever had in your life having the knowledge that you are forgiven before God means more than anything else because you are a child of God you've got an eternal future you are destined for eternity maybe this morning you're here and you're just taking hold this morning of the magnitude of God's forgiveness for you and His love for you, perhaps for the first time. And you're, you're ready, ready to say, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to receive that for myself. I'm going to receive that in my heart. I wonder, can we all stand uh, today? I want us to pray. Father, I thank you for each person gathered in this room this morning. I thank you for the fact that you, you've poured out your love and your grace upon us, every one of us here. And I thank you today, Lord, that your, your uh, goodness is just being demonstrated to each one of us so much. And I ask, Lord, for every person here today, Lord, for the strength that we need to be able to forgive people that have offended us in the past, that I'm not going to be a victim any longer. I'm not going to hold on to that victim status any longer. I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer through Jesus, through what Jesus did on the cross. I thank you, Lord, for that today.
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just while every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Is anyone here this morning and you are starting to get a hold of an understanding of God's love for you, perhaps for the first time,